it provides immense reach. And because your cost per click is so low in those campaigns, it still produces good results. So it's a great way to discover long tail keywords that you can move into your primary campaigns. Um, it's, it, it drives a ton of exposure that you otherwise wouldn't get. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm Joe, and I'm here with Mr. Matt Wickland. Matt, how are you doing today? I am fired up and ready to talk through some campaign strategies with all you. All right, all yeah. right. Good, I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. In the previous episode that Matt and I recorded, really what we, we talked about is all the different ad types, not just sponsored products, brands, and display, but all the different like targeting types and ways that you can utilize them. What we didn't really get into is you know, how do you tie that into overall strategies? We definitely use all the different types of ads. We make sure that when we're using, they're tied into specific goals or outcomes we want to use for our advertising. We don't want to just throw every feature out there, but not have like identifiable goals and how we're going to utilize them. So that's what we really wanted to focus on with this episode is tying it back to overall strategies and where these strategies really apply. So then you're looking at your account as a whole, you can figure out which strategies really make sense to implement. We don't utilize all these strategies for every single account, um, but there's many accounts where we can use a ton of these strategies. It really depends on kind of what your key goals are as a seller, as the owner of the business, where your products are in the life cycle, what type of products do you have? It ties back to these core strategies. So um, that's where I wanted to start there. And Matt, before we jump into strategies as a whole, I guess any other any other context or things you want to go through? I think you covered it. All right. I guess first main strategy that we have and first overall objective is just kind of our primary campaigns. Really what the strategy is here is we're trying to develop a lot of different long tail keywords or product targets that work really well and can convert to drive sales at a good return, meaning a good cost or a good ROAS. Our primary campaign funnel structure, we have this set up for everyone. Um, and really what this looks like from a high level is we have different discovery campaigns. So think of these as like sponsor products auto campaigns where we're constantly trying to find new search terms, which could be either keywords or ASINs and test them, see how they're going to perform. And if they perform really well, then we want to get more and more targeted or more, we want to have more and more control of these search terms. And so if they convert really well, we move them down the campaign funnel structure where we go from very broad to not as broad, meaning typically like phrase, and then go to an exact campaign. And in each one of these stages, we're going to get more and more control of the bids or the placement adjustments for these different keywords or product arts. And so the campaign funnel structure, we did a full episode on this, but essentially what that looks like on the sponsor product side is we're sharing, we're, we're using auto campaign as a good way to discover different keywords or search terms. We typically move them downstream to manual phrase for keywords and then exact. In terms of the product targeting side, we'll move any ASINs that convert really well to a manual product targeting campaign. We also like to share any of the product targets or keywords that perform well being the different ad types. Um, so one good example for this is like sponsor display. So they have product targeting that functions real similar to sponsor products, product targeting. 
And so what we can do is we can cross share any product targets that work really well on the sponsored product side and move them to sponsored display. So if you want all of the logistics on everything that goes into setting up a campaign funnel structure, definitely check back in the podcast or we've done to post on it too. Um, there, there's a lot of items that you can kind of tie together and we've got some good diagrams too on how you can kind of connect all the different types. But general strategy overall is our primary campaign funnel structure. And again, this one, the strategy, let's try to find as many targets as we can. So as many product targets or keywords as we can that convert well, um, add a good ACOS or ROAS, and then let's keep finding more and more new ones to add to the list. Yeah. And the general theme of product or of primary campaigns is just general category related keywords. So we'll get into, as we go down the list of the different strategies and different campaign structures that we utilize. We'll talk through some niche keywords like branded and stuff like that. Key thing with primary campaigns is that they're unbranded general keywords that we use that people use to find products. Yep. Yep. So utilize for pretty much every single product that we advertise for. Yep. Yep. All right. What's another strategy that we implement, Matt? So this is another kind of general keyword unbranded strategy, but we always like to launch attribute specific campaigns where it makes sense. And so these are much more targeted than the primary campaigns. They follow a very specific theme. So in our primary campaigns, we'll group all related products together that share a common group of search terms where we expect them to perform reasonably consistently for attribute specific campaigns, we're slicing and dicing products to a larger extent based on their very unique attributes. So an example could be a jewelry manufacturer. Let's say they sell different rings. We maybe would slice and dice campaigns by like the material and the stone type, stone shape, stone size, like that targeted where you have rose gold, white gold, gold, silver, platinum as like a base material. You append that with one carat diamond keywords and then your core primary keywords like wedding band, wedding ring. Um, a really powerful way of expanding your reach with these very targeted keywords is using broad match. So you can take multiple unique product attributes, combine them together with your base core keywords and target a huge array, a bunch of different permutations of these keywords. So if you use phrase match or exact match with that type of structure, multiple attributes, you'd have to create so many different combinations to try and cover essentially the same ground as what you could with broad match. So this is a really good, very long tail strategy to reach somebody that's looking exactly for your product without having to create dozens or hundreds of unique keywords in your primary campaigns. And it also ensures that the ad most relevant to that search, to those attributes is the one that gets the impression. Yep. Yeah. This is a great one to kind of build on primary campaigns, but then to be able to get much more specific on different attributes that people could be specifically searching for whether it's size, color, or different type of material, different type of use, like any of these pieces where, you know, we like to group like products together, but there's variations for a reason. And so we want to figure out what's the reason for those variations. 
we can use our attribute specific campaigns to really take those into account to make sure that we can get very targeted with our advertising overall, but complementing the primary campaigns that we just set up. Exactly. They'd be manual only too. Auto campaign isn't going to pick keywords of only a specific theme. Sure. So this is a manual keyword targeting only campaign that we utilize. Yep. Yep. So that's a great supplement to our general campaign funnel structure. So moving on to a third key strategy. So brand defense. This one's always a little bit controversial. It's kind of fun to talk about. So brand defense, really the, the core strategy that you're trying to do is you're trying to defend your brand. Matt, you have an all stat on Amazon for people who yeah. search for products and potentially switch. Yeah. So we received an email from Amazon last year, but still holds true today. 30% of, of branded search in the health and personal care category results in a purchase of a different brand. I think that's so fascinating because health and personal care is typically a pretty brand loyal segment. There are a lot of repeat orders in that category. And so the fact that people are willing to switch in 30% is a pretty astonishing figure. It just kind of goes to show how important defending your brand is, making sure that competitors aren't stealing your market share. When people want your product, help them find your product. Don't let competitors steal that business from you, improve their ranking at the expense of yours. Um, yeah. And on that sale. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it, it, it emphasizes too, that people are very willing, even if they type in a certain brand, um, to go with someone else's product, Amazon, it's a very hard place to establish a brand. And so really what brand defense does is it tries to push other competitors off those top ad spots. So like sponsor products, top of search, let's try to push competitors off of there and let's advertise our own brands. Yeah. And so it's really equivalent, like on Google, if you do different searches and you see different ads, like show up for the exact company that you were searching for, like, yep, they're having to pay for the click, but they're protecting themselves against other competitors who are going to try to steal their market share overall. So if we look at this strategy as a whole, typically it's going to convert really well. And the reason for that is, I mean, it's a very, very, very targeted audience that you're picking for this. It's people who are searching specifically for you. One of the main knocks against it that many people have issues with is they say, well, if somebody's searching for my brand, they're going to go find my product anyway. They're going to scroll down past the three ads and then they're going to find my product and buy it. So why would I spend money on advertising? And really the, the key thing that you see is one it's always surprising how many people don't even realize that there's ads on Amazon. So somebody may search for your brand. They're going to click on that top spot, that top listing, not realize it's an ad, think it's your brand, and they could just purchase it and move on. Amazon makes it seamless to purchase any products that a lot of people may not realize it. And I mean, just with the stat that Matt had too, like 30% of people like switching after searching for a specific brand, like that's pretty astounding. Branded campaigns, brand defense campaigns, we like to structure them, separate them out. The key reason is that like ACOS is going to look really good for these because they're going to convert really well and you're going to have high relevancy, meaning you're getting a low cost per click. So just note too that like if your overall strategy is to decrease overall ACOS, like, you know, you may have some writers that just focus specifically on branded, but just know that that's what getting. We like to separate them out just to make it very apparent. These are, are going to have different goals. And really the key goal here 
is let's just try to push out competitors to make sure that they're not stealing your market share overall for brand defense campaign. So I guess any other pieces to add for brand defense? Yeah. So it's really important for sponsored products, top of search. It's also important for sponsored brands, top of search and sponsored brand video. Sure. So think about on any device, even, even desktop first exposures that sponsor brand top of search placement. And then you get potentially a full row of sponsored product top of search placements. Then you get a sponsored brand video placement. Your scroll depth is like a third of the page by the time you reach organic listings potentially. Sure. So it's a lot of opportunity, a lot of real estate for competitors to move in and try and steal your market share. And that's multiplied to a much larger extent on mobile because everything's squished down fewer listings, like you're going to have to scroll pretty far to find a product organically. And that gives so much room for competitors to swoop in and take that business. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that it probably leads into the next strategy. Yeah. So walk us through that one. Yeah. It's another defensive strategy. Uh, to an extent, it's kind of a hybrid between defense and cross promotion. We call it ASIN defense. And what it is, is product targeting your own catalog. So you're advertising your products, obviously on your product page, you have that sponsored products carousel. You have sponsored display placements where competitors can own real estate on your own listing with ACE and defense. You target other products in your catalog to push those placements out and give shoppers an opportunity to convert, uh, for a different product in your catalog if they're not ready to convert for the one that they initially click through on. Yeah. So, and so to help for like just visualizing this, what it looks like, say I'm selling like our fitness running shirt. And so I've got a brand, I sell a bunch of different running shirts. And so what I could do is on say my main seller, it's the black fitness running shirt. As you scroll down and you see the other sponsor products show up, we want to advertise for a lot of our other fitness running shirts or a lot of maybe even shorts or maybe even shoes or other accessories. As you get a little bit further out, it gets harder because you're less relevant to the product that's being shown. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to push out competition from owning a lot of the sponsored product ads. It's really nice because you don't pay unless somebody clicks on it. But if you can push them out more, you have less chance that somebody is going to defect to uh, a competitor. Yeah. And your listing quality is enhanced so much when you have that too, like your brand, your listings taking over your product page. It really helps for like call brand callbacks if they don't convert immediately or just as you're browsing through, this is a reliable brand you can trust. It, I don't know. It just gives a really good feel, a really good visual in the listing versus having a ton of different competitors dispersed throughout the page for sure. Yeah. So what, what is like key goals or how do you measure success of like an ACE and defense campaign? Yeah. So, I mean, ideally you'd want to take over the full product page with ads from the remainder of your catalog, your full catalog. Uh, so competitors have zero real estate. That's one goal that may not be feasible in some cases, depending on the number of parent ASINs that you have ads available to take those slots. And Amazon, you know, they're always tuning up their relevancy algorithm. So sometimes you can bid $10 fixed bids and still not own all of the placements on the product page, but in many cases you can. So that should be the initial goal, take over the product page and then adjust based on performance. So we'll cover a lot of that in the optimization section, but 
oftentimes I'd have a slightly higher ACOS tolerance for ACE and defense because there are defensive benefits associated with it and potentially like market basket benefits too. people buying multiple products, being exposed to different products in your catalog so they could make multiple purchases. Typically, ACE and defense performance is astounding. Very good ACOS, very good sales volume too. So in most cases, it's going to be a very efficient campaign. So sales benefits and then also profitability benefits. Sure. Well, so going to the next strategy. So we just covered a couple defensive strategies, launch campaigns. So uh, overall, and the reason why we want to separate these out is like a launch campaign is going to have much different goals than say our primary campaign funnel structure. For launch campaigns, typically it's when you're launching a new product or trying to get it established again. So you went out of stock, you may need to run a launch campaign again or a very similar to a launch campaign to get it going again and build up the momentum. And really what you're trying to do with the launch campaign is you want to target highly relevant keywords or product targets and typically focus on keywords from the start where you know that you should reform. So if I'm launching a new product and I know I should rank for specific keywords. Let's target the highly relevant keywords. And what we want to do is we want to focus on the best converting ad placements. So whether it's sponsored products, top of search or sponsored brands video, we want to really target some of those high converting ad placements. Because once we have somebody who clicks through and they purchase, that is a great flag to Amazon that says, okay, this product is highly relevant for the search term. Somebody just bought it. They just click through and bought it. And, oh, look at the rate. Like out of a number of clicks, a lot of people are buying this product. So it must be more relevant. I'm boosted up in the organic rankings. And so with launch camps, really what you're trying to do, the key goal is, is to try to drive sales, to get reviews. And with those sales and then with the sales initially, that's going to be good flags to boost up organic rankings. The review is going to help conversion rates, which then also give better flags. Like, okay, now even more people who click are buying. Let's keep booting them up in their organic rankings. This just kind of leads the flywheel where you want to get those sales to get the reviews, which is conversion rate, which helps ranking. Organic ranking goes up, now generate more sales, which get more reviews, and then it's just this all cycle that can kind of build. Our initial goals for launch strategies, it's not ASIN focused. Um, it's not everything return focused. We definitely want to keep an eye on it, but really the key goal is driving those initial sales. So it's a long-term investment in your listing to get it going. The reason it's not as ACOS focused is the initial conversion rate is probably not going to be that good for new products just because you don't have that social proof for those reviews. Really driving those sales is going to build up the reviews, will build up the social proof, which will build up the conversion rate, which will build up the organic rankings, which will build up the sales history and volume, which then again, just spins the flywheel. So that's the key goal for overall launch campaigns. Yeah, exactly. And the next strategy is very similar to a launch campaign strategy, and that would be ranking campaigns. So much like at launch, you're very focused on trying to build organic rank and improve your visibility organically. Uh, a ranking campaign is designed to do that. The key reason why we'd segment a ranking campaign from like your primary campaigns is because it's going to use very unique settings. Again, we're not as ACOS focused, much, much like with launch. We're focused on driving sales velocity and maximizing conversion rates. So with a ranking campaign, we'll typically use fixed bid settings and very high top of search settings. So we're 
putting ads in the highest convergent converting placements available and not really emphasizing like CPC or cost efficiency per click, really trying to generate just very high, high converting clicks. When you have that high conversion rate, when you increase sales velocity for specific keywords, it's going to improve your ranking for those keywords. So ranking campaigns, you pick keywords that are rank critical or ones that you'd like to rank for ideally high relevancy. Like if you have a set of trail running shoes that you're advertising, like chances are, you know, you wouldn't run a ranking campaign for the keyword shoes. It's extremely competitive. It would take a massive budget to break into it, depending on what the brand is and what sales velocity is for competing products. But picking like men's trail running shoes, that's a viable keyword that you can use those unique ranking campaign parameters for to increase your sales, maximize conversion rate and climb and improve rank. Yep. Yep. So very similar between launch campaigns and ranking campaigns. Ranking are typically once you're more established, right? Like what what Matt was saying. And it's really trying to maintain and drive that organic ranking for, again, focus on highly relevant keywords. Don't try to rank for super high volume, but really broad keywords like shoes. You know, how many people type in shoes are looking specifically for trail running shoes? There's some, but a ton that aren't. And so you want to stay much more niche in what you're targeting there, but then really help to drive those core keywords that are really going to drive your growth and kind of establish yourself on Amazon. Uh, so we've talked about defensive strategies. We've talked about like launch and ranking. Now let's go on offense for a little bit. So overall, we've established ourselves. We're defending our brand. We're ranked really well. Now let's go expand our market share. Conquesting strategies are really fun ones to do for that. For conquesting, really what we're trying to do is we're targeting our competitors with our ads. And what makes it more fun is if those competitors are not defending their brands well, it makes it a lot easier. And so what we can do is we can specifically use different ads, like say sponsor products to target their specific brand. So if somebody types in their brand, our ad actually shows up first. There's going to be some people who click on it, just like we talked about for brand defense and they're going to come over and they're going to purchase from us versus that specific brand. The other way to go is product targeting. So let's show on their product detail page and let's try to own as much uh, space as we can on their product detail page. The more times they see us, the more times they see our products, the more likely they are to click over and actually purchase from us. So this can be a great way to increase market share and increase sales overall. If you look at it in terms of like ACoS perspective, typically these are going to be a little bit higher in terms of ACoS just because you are taking somebody who is already searching for a specific brand and then you're trying to convert them over to your brand. They're not as familiar or they're not quite in that frame of mind where they're as open to searching for other products. But as Matt said, like the nice thing with Amazon is people shopping on Amazon are typically not tied to any specific brand. Some are, but they're much more likely to switch on Amazon just because switching is so easy. That's where we have a lot of fun with these campaigns too, to really increase overall market share. So anything to add for conquest? No, I think you covered it. Um, I can cover the next two strategies. I'm going to group them together. Uh, they're two different campaign sets that we run, but they have a lot of common variables between them. So catch all campaigns and seeding campaigns are kind of the final piece of the structure. Uh, so things they have in common, catch all and seeding campaigns both have low bids. 
and they target a high quantity of products within them to improve your relevancy score when entering the auction. So key thing, very low bids with each of these campaign types. Oftentimes in the five to 15 cent range would be most typical somewhere around the 10 cent range being the most frequent, like common bid that we'd use with these catch all campaigns are just an auto campaign that groups all products together within the same ad group run at those very low bids. Typically I use dynamic bidding up and down with this. We wouldn't use that campaign bid strategy in pretty much any of the other campaigns uh, with some exceptions, but Catch all we do because the base bid is so low, that 10 cent bid, even if it's doubled and then doubled again with 100% top of search placement, your 40 cent maximum possible CPC is still economical for most sellers, most categories. So catch all campaigns, just, you know, if we can get clicks at that low of a CPC, let's get them. Amazon screens products for search relevancy before giving you impressions. And so most of the search terms that come through are relevant. We also run catch-all manual campaigns in many cases too. And all that's doing is taking our winning search terms, those with conversions, and bidding them very low. And we have some keyword redundancy with that approach, with our primary campaigns most likely. But if Amazon's willing to award us impressions at such a low bid, and we can get clicks for $0.10 cents versus at $0.10 cent CPCs versus whatever we're bidding in our primary campaigns, why wouldn't we want that exposure? So it's just a, a catch-all, a backup to your primary campaigns. That yeah. low of a CPC is going to produce really profitable ACOS in pretty much every case. Seeding campaigns, again, share very low bids, much like catch-all campaigns. Key difference here is that it's a manually only manual only campaign and we have a number of different ad groups that we utilize within that manual campaign. The main volume driver would be single keyword campaigns. So what we do is we look at search term density. What words do customers search for most frequently when clicking through and buying your products? And let's target them as individual keywords in either broader phrase match. It doesn't matter since they're single keywords. It provides immense reach. And because your cost per click is so low in those campaigns, it still produces good results. So it's a great way to discover long tail keywords that you can move into your primary campaigns. It's, it drives a ton of exposure that you otherwise wouldn't get through your other, other campaigns. So it's a really effective tactic. We have other ad groups too within seeding campaigns where we'll combine different combinations of listing title keywords, different product target groups or category target groups with refinements and good stuff like that. But the key element of a seeding campaign, like the core of it is that single keyword ad group where we can get an immense reach, still reach relevant searches and have a very healthy ACOS because cost per click is held so low with that very low bid. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the key questions we always get is, well, how does this work? And I don't know. Our answer is it just does. Like, <laughs> th there's many times for like catch-all campaigns where we'll actually be bidding for the exact search term in one of our primary campaigns, and we're bidding much more for whatever reason. The catch-all campaign gets impressions for the exact same search term, and so you know theoretically this shouldn't happen. 
just kind of a quirk with the algorithm and showing impressions and placements and everything too. So we might as well take advantage of it. These are fun ones. They're really easy to set up and tend to get awesome returns just because from a cost per click basis, you're paying so little per click. Yeah. One of our newer clients, we've done like 30,000 in ad sales through catch all and seeding with a sub one it's like 0.6% ACOS. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's really just true because you're getting those impressions at such a low rate, but Amazon's still screening for relevancy. So it's not like we're just paying for all these irrelevant terms. Yeah. So, well, that is nine different strategies that we just walked through. So there's a lot of information there, a lot of theory that was went through. So now we've kind of laid the, the foundation and the groundwork, went through uh, all the different sponsored ad types. And now we've talked through the different strategies. In the next couple episodes that Matt and I do, what we'll really focus on now is kind of how do you structure the campaigns and set them up to implement these strategies? Where do you consider these strategies and how do you implement it? And I think just to make it much more actionable, what we can do is use a specific example. We can create a little company that we're going to advertise for, use these specific examples, and then talk through the specifics on how we set up the different campaigns to match these strategies as we go. So I think this will give you really the blueprint for how to structure your campaign. How do you make sure you're implementing all these strategies and kind of the the nuts and bolts that go with that too. There's a lot more to come. Thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, Lots of strategies that we can implement. We're really excited to now go through the key actionable items and how we actually put those into place. Again, get you set up really well for Q4 going forward. This has been another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. Matt and I definitely appreciate you listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.